You've probably seen the viral TikTok challenge or read some of the incredible articles written recently about the LSU Tiger Girls and their national championship routine, Like a Boy. I was there watching it unfold live, and of course, I kept thinking about this story through the lens of the mindset of what was happening, and I was honestly in awe of what it must have been like to coach through this crazy roller coaster. If you're not familiar with the story, then first Google it and watch the routine. But here's the gist. The LSU Tiger Girls were fired up after their finish at Nationals in early 2020, not quite reaching their goals and excited to push the envelope and do more. But then they were told by the university that they were not allowed to compete in 2021, not even virtually. That turned into a big media storm about treating dancers as athletes and shined a light on the inequity college dance and cheer programs face compared to other athletes but this team persevered they brought a routine to uda college nationals in 2022 with a clear message what if i was like a boy would you treat us differently if we were male athletes the message is so powerful the choreography is top-notch the dancers are so talented but if you wondered what it felt like to coach the team through this journey I certainly did, and I wanted to celebrate the person behind the team, the one who, along with her assistant coach, had to deliver the bad news when they couldn't compete, the one who picked them back up and wouldn't let them quit, and the coach who created a team culture of humble, hardworking athletes who stole our hearts and got us all fired up. This is the story of the LSU Tiger Girls, straight from Coach Candace. Welcome to the Passion for Dance podcast. I'm Dr. Chelsea, a former professional dancer and dance team coach turned sports psychologist. This podcast focuses on four main pillars, motivation, resilience, mindset, and community. Each week, you'll learn actionable strategies, mindsets, and tips to teach your dancers more than good technique. This is a podcast where we can all make a lasting impact and share our passion for dance. Let's do this. Hi, Coach Candice. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hello. How are you? I am doing awesome. How are you today? Busier than ever, huh? Always. Yes, for sure. Especially now. Thank you for having I me. Bet. Will you share a little bit about who you are and uh, your team for me today to kind of introduce you to our audience? Absolutely. My name is Candice Hale. I am the head Tiger Girl coach of the LSU Tiger Girls. Um, I've been the coach for the past seven years, which is crazy because seems like this is my, you know, last year was my first year. It's gone by so fast and yes. yes, so blessed. Awesome. Well, thank you for taking the time. As you said, I know you are busier than ever. You came home from nationals and everything just ramped up instead of being a break time. Uh, I invited you on today because I just wanted to hear from you and give you a chance to share the coach's side to everything that's kind of been this amazing media storm ever since nationals. And uh, I was lucky enough to be there live, so I will just also personally say, holy cow, like that was one of my absolute favorite competition moments ever as an audience member. Um, but, you know, since then, your athletes and like the choreographers have rightfully so received so much attention, which I love. We're finally having a bigger conversation about being female athletes and being dancers. Uh, but I wanted to hear your side. And we know that there's a coach who <laughs> was with the team through this whole journey. So thank you for joining us and sharing your side. So 
where to start? I don't know. Where does this start for you? Does this start back like early COVID when they were first saying, like, start with nationals a couple years ago, I guess, and how this journey started? Absolutely. So we've actually worked with Tribe 99. I think this is our fifth year, but it might be our fourth. The years are blurring together. They blur. Um, <laughs> yes, for sure. Um, and Carson and I have become really good friends and we've always done, you know, really well together. But in 2020, we brought on Sammy McFadden, who was an actual alumni of the Tiger Girls and actually coached her, fun fact. So that was super cool for me to see her go from an athlete of mine to an actual, you know, not partner, but somebody that we work with or whatever. It was really cool just Mm -hmm. in the professional world to see her grow up. And they brought this such cool vibe together. We had an amazing routine. I don't know if you saw that one, but um, that was, yeah, where we ripped the pants. And it was just a really, really fun. um, And it was kind of like, you know, one of those, one of those routines where we started to see like this morph happen of just the girls becoming so confident in themselves and just, you know, all those things. So we actually, you know, we're hoping for a win that year. We didn't get it. Um, and we were, you know, left the competition just feeling like so hungry. Um, and we were like, all right, we already were like on the bus talking about like, okay, maybe next year (laughs) this will happen. And, you know, you kind of get in that, you know, that high, um, super proud of them. We had, you know, fans and, tweets about it and all this stuff. So it was really, really, really cool. Um, and then 2021 came around COVID hit and, you know, we had still planned to go to nationals. I know that we were kind of, everyone was kind of up in the air, but nothing had really been said about us not competing. And we started with football season and unlike a lot of other dance teams, we were participating, maybe not in the full capacity, but we were there. We had masks on, um, we weren't on the sidelines. Like um, we like we have like a little gate in our facility. I mean, in our football arena, we were on the other side of the gate, but still, we were there and we yeah. were participating and we were doing all the things. And so, um, same with basketball, you know, kind of a mini version, but still, we were there. And so, I guess, really, us not competing didn't really ever cross our minds, if that makes sense, because all of our athletes on campus were competing and we were participating. So, when we were told that we couldn't compete it was devastating. I think it was a shock. We were like, what do we do? Um, you know, especially having all that momentum from the previous year, it was just really, really hard. So I think coming into this year, finally, you know, getting the green light and getting our our trainer, we had one of the reasons why we couldn't compete is because we didn't have our own trainer, um, in COVID times. So we were hungrier than ever. Um, because, you know, we were already coming out of 2020 when we really wanted it last year, we didn't get the opportunity. And so I think just not having that really, you know, brought a new like light onto the competition with us. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. It's hard to hold on to that fire for two years, but if you can do it, oh my gosh, <laughs> this is what happens. There's many, many so, ups and downs. It was a roller coaster. Yes. Sure. Yes. Absolutely. And the roller coaster is kind of what I wanted to dive into. And I think, so the timeline might be confusing to people who are not familiar with uh, the timing of UDA college nationals, but so it's in January. So when you say, you know, January of 2020 was a normal nationals, right? Like that was, everything was fine. And then you had COVID starts. And so that fall, you were, this is the fall you were talking about with the like kind of participating, you know, yes. a little bit on the sidelines. And then mm-hmm. the 2021 January was when not allowed to go. Right. Correct. So Correct. what, how much time did you have from them saying like, how close was it to nationals when they told you you couldn't go? No. So they actually pushed nationals back that year because of COVID. So in 2021, I believe nationals was in April, if I remember. Right. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So we weren't really, we didn't really get an answer, I believe until after Christmas. So it was January, but we weren't, we were okay with that because nationals had already been pushed back. 
we weren't really planning on learning choreography till you know maybe February. It wasn't we didn't really think anything of it because nobody had. It was everybody was kind of everybody was waiting. Yeah. Correct, correct. So okay. um yeah, so we I think I believe we got told right after Christmas. It was in January of 2021. Okay. Can you take me to that moment when they said you can't compete? Like did you say, oh, hell no, I'm going to fight this? Or did you say, I can't fight how big this is? Like what, what was your initial reaction as a coach? Oh gosh. It was like, well, I tried to, you know, void this day out of my head. But um, I think that it was a shocker for sure, because I told you we had been doing things on campus. So I don't think we had even really imagined us not being able to travel. We knew that we were going to have to travel maybe, you know, differently or with other precautions and things like that. But um, I think it was, we were just in shock. So I think at first, we, it was just kind of silent in the room. We didn't really know what to say. Um, and then we actually asked, started asking questions. We asked a lot of questions as like, okay, well, you know, can you tell us the real reason, you know, the exact reason. And we even said, well, could we do, can we, you know, maybe sign a liability saying we don't need a trainer or can we get an outside source or what, what can we do to make this work? We were really trying to, I'm just like such a solution-based thinker. So yeah. I'm like, it can't be no, right? Like we have to, <laughs> right. You know. And so, and when you're dealing with a university, it's really, really tough because, you know, you want to advocate for your team, but also you have to be respectful and, you know, listen yeah. and things like that. So it was kind of like one of those, like, I don't, you know, shocker moments. We had a separate meeting and that's when we were really told the absolute no, that it wasn't going to work. Um, mm-hmm. don't liability and things like that. And so I'm sure you're aware of this, but we actually took a crew team to yeah. Monsters of Hip Hop um, just because as a coach, I was like, we got to do something for these, especially for my seniors, cannot have these kids, you know, miss an opportunity. Most of them don't dance after college. So this is, this is the last time they get to do this. And it was an incredible experience. I'm glad we did it. Um, we got to work with Trab again and the choreography was amazing. And we kind of got to branch out because UDA has certain rules. We got to just kind of break all the rules because there were no rules. So that was <laughs> fun. And there was really, really fun moments. However, it's not the same as dancing for your university and representing. For sure. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And I want to talk about monsters because I think that pivot is amazing. But uh, did you find out at the same time as your dancers or did you have to then tell them? And how was that? Yes. Yeah, so we found out first. And when I say we, um, myself and then the cheer coaches as well. So we were all kind of in the same meeting because they compete as well. Sure. Um, so no, we did not find out with our dancers. Um, and then, you know, to go back and think how we're going to tell these kids that they yeah. can't compete. It was such a shocker. I think too, one of the biggest things is that we were told we were not even allowed to do virtual, um, mm-hmm. competition because they offer that as well. And I think in the back of our minds, if we ever thought that we wouldn't be able to compete, we always thought, well, we have virtual, you know, like that was kind yeah. of our little, like, you know, that's like, your backup we were, plan. Yeah. We were like, okay, we can do virtual. No worries. Um, so I think being told that we couldn't even do that, it was just, it was very, very difficult. And I think, you know, as a leader in general, you know, you, all eyes are on you, you know, you have to be the one that is the messenger and slash the people that pick up the pieces, you know? So, and actually I have an amazing assistant coach. Her name's Peyton Ibas. Um, she was uh, actually a member of my team for four years. We work really well together. So we kind of leaned on each other back and forth of, you know, how are we going to do this and how do we go about this? And what does that look like? And so if I wouldn't have had her, it would have been even more difficult for sure. Absolutely. So were you, I'm going to dive in, like I trying to put on my coaching hat of delivering that kind of news, right. And being able to help them through that is your, what's your coaching approach to that? Are you the like strong face in front of everybody? Are you like, let the emotion I'm here with you. Like, I don't, I don't think there's a wrong approach. I was just curious how your like coaching philosophy is around those super hard moments. Absolutely. I think a little bit of both. 
But for sure, I wanted to let them know that I was with them. Like I felt the exact, they were justified in what they were feeling. I felt the exact same things. I think, you know, I didn't want to fake anything in front of them. It was really, really difficult. So it was a little bit of a mixture. It was this stinks and we're going to get through it. And everything that you are feeling is everything we're feeling. However, we're going to do something about it. And that's when we decided that we were going to like compete somewhere else because I'm like, nope, we're not taking it. Like we're going to do, we're going to just, we'll do it. We'll just, you know, we'll go somewhere else and we'll have fun. And so I think to answer your question, it was a little bit of a mixture of both of, yeah. both of those sides. That makes sense. Cause I think the vulnerability is important for them to know, like, no, this hurts and I'm upset too. But then to also mm-hmm. see, like you said, the leadership of like, but I'm not going to take this sitting down. Like we have, there's something else we can do. So Absolutely. talk about that pivot to monsters, because as you said, that was, you're not representing your school anymore. Mm-hmm. That's a shift, but yet your seniors have an opportunity to perform. So how did that decision come about? How much time, like walk through that piece of it? So we actually, I actually started off with the idea. I called my assistant coach one night, one night, it was probably like midnight. Like I couldn't sleep, you know? And I'm like, what do I do? What do I do? Of course. Um, so I called my assistant coach and I was like, I know what we're going to do. We're going to make an all-star team and we're going to still go to UDA and we're going to be an all-star team. And so we're like, yeah, let's do it. And I actually previously, I've had an all-star team before. So I kind of know the ins and outs a little bit. It's been a couple of years, but um, I'm familiar with that world. And so I was like, let's do it. So I jumped on the computer. We started looking at dates. And the one thing that set us back was time because by the time we figured this out, there was only one more regionals. You have to qualify for nationals. So I think financially and time-wise, like, we wouldn't be able to make it happen as far as choreography. And then we're like, well, what if we just do like a dance we already know? And then we'd like redo the dance. And it just kind of got really complicated. And it was like, we wanted it to happen so bad, but we're almost taking all the fun out of it. So then we're like, okay, well, what if we technically do like an all-star team, but not at UVA? Like, what if we just make a crew? We thought, okay, let's do a crew. And that's kind of when Crew LA took off. Um, And we were so blessed because a local dance studio that I teach, I teach at, she was like, oh, use my space. I won't even charge you. Like she let us go there every day. We had so many people reach out. Um, Doctors for dancers were phenomenal. They made all the ins and outs happen. We had an athletic trainer at every practice um, that was volunteer paid at some that we didn't pay her. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, We just had so many people support us. It's even financially we did um, to fundraise, you know, because normally LSU pays for us to go. So another thing, big thing that I was worried about was financially, how are we going to get these kids to Chicago? Um, and we did a couple little mini fundraisers and the support was incredible just from everyone. So we could have never done any of that without the help of so many people. Yes. And I will shout out Doctors for Dancers too. And um, it's an organization I'm a part of. i am on been on their advisory board from the beginning. And it's such an amazing group of humans who are trying to provide resources for dancers and have been instrumental, I think, like I said, in this conversation of can we treat dancers like athletes? And um, so I love that they were... Uh, able to help you with that first part. But so you get to Monsters, you have an amazing performance there. Your seniors get to perform. When when was this timeline wise? Yeah, this was also, I believe it was April. It might've been early, late March. Okay. Um, so we're still, we're in that 2021 other university teams are competing. You're not, <laughs> and, but you've taken the taking it by the reins, right? And decided you were going to do your own thing. Okay. Yes. So then I guess what happens next phase of coaching that is then starting to prepare for the new season or is yes. there anything else in there that was an important part of this phase for you? No, just a little bit of worry um, because, you know, I'm thinking, well, if we 
they didn't compete. Are people going to want to come to LSU? You know, like, are they going to be burned? The thought of, and we had a lot of emails from, you know, really, really interested kids asking those questions. Um, Are you going to be able to compete next year? What are you looking for? All the things. And it's, we didn't really have a set answer at this point. I did know that we were getting an athletic trainer. Um, Mm -hmm. So in my mind, that was the one reason why we couldn't compete. So I'm thinking, okay, I think we're going to be able to, but I didn't want to empty promises. Right. So it was just a little bit of worry um, to, to think, what are we going to do if we have no one send in an audition video or, you know, just those types of things. Um, To our surprise though, we had more than ever, like so many people send in things. We were actually shocked. And um, this year we probably have one of the most talented teams we've ever had. So that was really cool. That's amazing because I could see from the coach side, you have the recruiting issue, as you said, of like, okay, are people going to – like LSU has a reputation too, even on like the game day side. And like if you if you come to this, you get SEC football. That's a big deal. But then if you don't compete, are you going to lose those dancers? So Correct. I could I could see that worry and fear. I'm glad that they still showed up. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I think that was something I was actually like expressing to our admin when I was talking about you know, just competing in general is that a big fear was that we were not going to have people like this, this program was going to just kind of be, you know, it was going to, it was going to devastate the program and the fact that we might not have people continue to want to come here because, and I was trying to explain to them, I think it's just lack of education that the competing aspect is such a big part. And the game day is incredible. It really is. If you've never been to an LSU game, you should come because it's an experience like no other. However, in the dancers world, it's like the cherry on top, if that makes sense. It's like, but their sport is important to them. And that's what I was trying to explain, you know, with no insult to LSU by any means, but they also, just as much as they want to come here to dance for football, they also just want to come here to compete as well. So that was kind of hard to explain to people that have no idea what that means. Yeah. And that's a great segue. That's what I wanted to talk a little bit about too, is this education piece that Mm -hmm. you are explaining to people who do not understand our world at all why saying you can't go to nationals was such a big deal. And I, I would presume they had no idea this was going to blow up the way it did (laughs) because they probably were like, no, it's okay. Like, look, you still get to be in games. Like you're fine. Mm -hmm. And so will you walk us through some of those conversations? Like how, what was the, the part that they weren't understanding or how were you able to finally get through to them to get a trainer? Like what, how many conversations did this take? (laughs) Yeah, I just think that like, again, kind of like a lack of education, not knowing collegiate dance, or really even collegiate cheer as well, but how important it was to us. Actually, a couple of my dancers and their parents had a a separate meeting without me with the admin just to kind of like, show their, you know, they wanted to be present and they wanted to show like what it means to them personally. And, and they asked me and I was like, absolutely, like, you're more than welcome to, you know, vocalize whatever you're, you're feeling. And so I think during one of those meetings, I actually showed them like a piece of our nationals routine from previous years, just trying to educate as much as possible on the fact that like, this is a big deal. It is an actual national competition. We try to explain that the tiger girls, besides out of Louisiana, like they're really only known for competing because, you know, people don't come to games. And so I was trying to explain that in the dance world, like they're pretty popular, you know, and I'm not not sure that they understood that. Um, I think they do now for sure. Sure. I think at the moment um, they weren't thinking that way. So that was, you know, I think we had some, we've had some aha moments since then. And just them, you know, understanding that it really is such a big deal to them. And then that they are extremely well known, like in the public eye. Absolutely. I want to ask 
the hard mindset question for you as a coach, like what was your low moment in all of this and your like mindset around it and how you got through it and got out of it? Because this, I mean, yes, you got the big reward, but it was two years later and you didn't know for sure that was coming. Correct. Um, I think I might have had many a low moments, if I have to be honest. Um, <laughs> I'm sure. Yes. Um, but I think the like it was just the day that we got told, absolutely not, we couldn't go. And I think just feeling helpless, again, as being a leader, you know, of a program and all eyes are on you. It's how do you, I'm again, a solution-based thinker. So it's like, how do we get out of this? And I think I was just feeling very, very hopeless at the moment. So that was probably my lowest moment. Um, and then I think throughout here and there, we've had some ups and downs of just, you know, like I talked about the worry about recruitment and things like that back and forth. Even this year, you know, we got all these talented freshmen, but I think my sophomores hadn't competed. So it's like trying to get them on the same page. And then my juniors, my juniors and seniors have competed, but it's like they almost forgot certain things, you know, about work ethic every day and all that stuff. So I think we've had lots of ups and downs because it really did affect everyone in a lot of scenarios this year about just missing an entire year. So that was difficult, but in the, in the grand scheme of things, we came out, you know, arms ablaze and swinging. So, yeah. Absolutely. And I, I think I've seen that trend with so many coaches and teams I've talked through that the, the mindset setback for the dancers of like, oh, very few of you have taken this floor before, or very few of you had, maybe you competed in high school, but you haven't felt this level of pressure or this level of intensity before. And like, that was just very different than I think we've had in past years. Absolutely. And some of my seniors and juniors were not even on the floor that 2020 year. So it's like they were there. So I had a very, very small amount of people that have been through it. And, but even the ones that had been through it forgot certain things. And, you know, as a coach, I'm like remembering, like, I got a little nervous when we got there. Cause I was like, wait, I think I remember, like I've been there since I was in sixth grade. I mean, I've been competing sure. at UVA since I've been in sixth grade, but missing a whole year, it really does mess with some confidence, you know, and, yeah. and just staying relevant. So, so let's, let's dive into nationals this year then. And kind of that process when you, you mentioned being a little shaky, even with confidence and which makes perfect sense to me. So uh, what were your like dancers state of mind and yours? Like when you got there that year, was it like pumped and excited? Was there the nerves? Was there like, we absolutely have this or like, where were you guys at going into it? Um, I think a little bit of everything. Um, we were happy, I guess, in the place that we were at in both of our routines. Like we felt extremely confident within ourselves, but again, those nerves of even just getting off the bus and seeing, you know, ESPN, it's, it's, you know, the PTSD of like, oh gosh, like we've been here before, but it's been a while. And there's been other teams that, you know, that have kind of taken over since we've been here. And what mm -hmm. if people don't like us or, you know, we, it just, we kind of, you got the, that second guessing of yourself um, for sure. So I think it was a little bit of everything, but I think mostly we were just super excited to be there. Like I got teary eyed. I filmed myself when we were walking in and I filmed the team and I got really teary eyed just seeing like yeah. all the food trucks and the dancers and it was just, and they were, you know, they were playing some music outside and maybe it was a little sappy. I'm not really sure, but it was just really, <laughs> really kind of a surreal moment of we're here. We finally made it after two years. So yeah. that was really cool. I'm glad you even had a, had a chance to actually process and be like, we're here. We made mm -hmm. it and had fun with it. Yeah. So in this, at UDA, you compete twice if you make finals, right? And then you have two routines, so you would have done four. And by the way, I loved your jazz too. That was a really yeah. great, like, <laughs> a fun routine. But how was, how were the dancers handling that 
pressure this year if especially like that first time did it go well in prelims and so they were confident were they more nervous in finals like how did that transition work for them yeah so oddly enough both jazz and hip-hop prelims i mean probably semis really we don't have a prelims but um both jazz and hip-hop semis were incredible like they both both routines hit there were no major issues there were some things we could clean up a little bit but it was like we watched the video and we were just like, okay, well, and then we kind of had this weird feeling because I've never had this feeling before with a team that I was like, all right, well, we just need to be consistent. You know what I mean? Because normally you go out there and something happens where it's like something doesn't hit or, you know, you, you make silly mistakes because you're nervous and, and that happens and that's normal. And we talk about that a lot, but we've never been able to go through into finals being like, okay, well, we just need to be consistent. You know, it's always been like, all right, well, we have to do this better and this needs to hit and we need to make sure that this is stronger. And of course there were certain aspects that we could have made better. And we, you know, we talked about those things, but it was like the first time we've ever said, all right, well, let's just do it again. You know, and that was really, really kind of a, a really cool, confident boost. Um, we also going into finals, we were ranked first and we've never been that either. We've never had that experience of going into finals being number one. We've gotten second place and third place, like going into finals, but we've never had that top spot. And that was also like a really, really fun and exciting moment. But it was also like, okay, well, we hit it and there's nothing else we can really do better. So mm-hmm. if we want to continue this rank tomorrow, we have to do the exact same thing again. So yeah. um, exciting, but also like, you know, a little bit, um, we're a little bit nervous, you know, for them just yeah. to, to continue that confidence. So I think all night we were coaching wise, we were just telling them how amazing they were and, you know, had like a fun, a fun night just so they went to bed, not second guessing themselves at all. So. Okay. Yeah. Cause I think coaching that moment is hard mm-hmm. to try to decide, you know, how, how much do you talk about it? How much do you say, you know, cause it, I guess it's just such a fine line between like, you got this. And also like weird things happen and I can't, I don't want you to be cocky either. So like, where's this line in between? Were you more confident or more nervous coaching in that scenario? I would say a little bit of both. I know I keep saying that, but I think in certain aspects, I was a little bit more nervous because there were certain teeny tiny things that we, we actually did have a mini practice that night we went over and it was just more of like for your mental, it wasn't really anything physical. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was really confident in that, but also I was making sure that as a coach, I was like saying and doing all the right things because I wouldn't, you know, want to touch the fact that what they just did was incredible. As much as we were saying, okay, let's go to this formation. Okay. Let's make sure that this hits. We were saying, but it was really good today. Like it was really, really good, you know, because I wanted to make sure that they weren't getting in that state of like, we need to be better because it really was what they did and produced were so, was so amazing. And, um, it was the first time too, we walked off the semis floor and, we had this outpour of support. Like we walked out. I don't know if you saw this video, but we walked outside and we had teams playing our song. At first I thought somebody was dancing to our song. So I was like, oh no, like somebody's dancing to this song. And <laughs> I heard it and I thought maybe it was a speaker from inside. A door was open. So we start walking like fast. Like who's playing our song? Like we have our, all of our school bags. Like, And we realized that they were making a tunnel for us to walk through playing our song. And it was just like one of the moments of like, wow, like this is really incredible. The support I've never seen competitors, you know, give this much support to each other. And like, it was like, we might, it was the first time that I thought like, we might do this. Like, Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. It was like a, here come the rock stars moment. Like it was different. And and I think, like you said, and it wasn't just like your fan base, like it was other teams and other dancers and other people, which that says a lot about our whole 
dance industry too, of how much people really were excited to see that. We had um, some of our competitors that are actually in our division. Like we were actually head on competition with them, walk up to us and say like, we hope you guys win. We were like, oh, thank you. But then we were like, what, what's going on? Like, you know, like not that we wouldn't, you know, support anybody else, but it was just one of those, hear those words was just really surreal and just like humbling. And it's just funny because my girls are the best kids ever and they're so hardworking and so humble. And the fact that they were like, people like us, like, and I was like, yes, you guys are good. You know, like, so they're, you know, they were just, it's just funny how, you know, in, in their minds, you know, they've worked really hard and they love the routine, but they were like, even saying like, I guess they like us. I'm like, yes, they, they love you guys, you know? So that was, you know, kind of cool to watch them grow their confidence in that way too. Yeah. I was going to say, I bet for them, it was a little surreal. Like we all, you train in your little bubble and especially in college, it's not like you do different regional championships and like get to see, like you are in a bubble until you get there and you don't quite know how people are going to react. No. And that's another thing. Um, when Carson and Sammy were talking about, you know, cause I kind of let my choreographers, um, run with their ideas and then we talk about it, but I kind of let them like start the whole process. Cause I'm a choreographer too. And I just think that, um, or I used to be, I'm not anymore. I don't do a lot of choreography anymore because I'm getting older, but I used to love it when people would kind of let me have free reign because you want to yeah. be inspired. Right. So when they talked about, um, you know, kind of their idea and like, you know, talked to me about it and I loved it. We kind of learned a little combo over the summer. They were also not second guessing themselves, but they were like, I mean, is this okay? Like, are people going to like this? Is this, is this hard enough? Like, is it intricate enough? Like, I don't know. Is it boring? And you know, mm-hmm. it was, they kind of second guess themselves too, because they wanted it so bad as well. And so, you know, it was just funny up until a week before we're like, well, we hope people like it, you know? And then Mm -hmm. now it's all over. So kind of cool for sure. And now it's a viral TikTok challenge, (laughs) but but it's crazy. I think you're right though. And I love that you share that, that so many of us second guess our work Mm -hmm. up until it's time, whether that's a coach, like, should I have made a different decision at some point? Should I have changed this formation? Choreographers constantly second guessing, like it's, that's a really normal process of what we go through. And that's the hard mental game too, to know you've done everything you could and let it play out. Absolutely. I think people's opinions can be great. And then a lot of times, like, you know, it's hard. So I think as a coach, you really are trying to make the best decisions for your program and just knowing it could go one way or the other sometimes is scary. So. Absolutely. Will you, let's share the happy moment, the actual like performance piece Mm -hmm. and then the aftermath, but how, I guess, how are you as a coach when they perform? Are you the like jump up and down and scream and get with them coach? Or are you like too nervous and are like (laughs) in a little ball? (laughs) Um, I'm kind of in a little ball. Um, I like to be by myself, which is really weird. So I try to go like, I'll go someplace in the arena where I'm really not around a lot of people. So my assistant coach, actually, I bribed her into press and play for me. So at UDA, when you get to press play, you get to stand kind of like away from everybody and on the side of the stage. And I really wanted to watch it from the front and kind of be like, you know, in my own little bubble. So that's what I did. And um, I had a little bit, some of both. Most of the time I was squeezing whoever was next to me. I probably didn't even know them. I was, yeah, cheering people's (laughs) names, whatever. Um, But it was just really, really cool for me to see and listen to the amount of support that was in that whole arena. I mean, it was so vibrant and so contagious. And when they walked out on stage, they, you know, they do a little march out or whatever. And so they did a march out and they like turned and everyone screamed and then they stopped Mm -hmm. and everyone screamed. And then they did hit their beginning pose and everyone screamed. And it was like, the dance hasn't even started yet. Like we were just laughing. I was laughing to myself. And then it started and the, you know, the amount of energy 
you know, I felt like the roof was going to blow up because it was, it was so contagious and so amazing. Such a cool, cool moment for sure. It felt like it was all going to blow up. And I will say I had the sports psychologist in me when I was watching this play out, part of me wanted to be like, guys, don't distract them. Like, be careful because the venue was so insane, like chanting LSU before you come out. And like you said, cheering as they're taking formation. I'm like, I don't, and especially because it starts instrumentally. I'm like, don't, you don't want them to miss the first beats of the music because everybody's going crazy. Like, (laughs) make sure you're not like making it harder for them, but it seemed like that just fueled them. Did any of them say that they were like thrown by it or they loved it? Or how did they feel when that arena was so crazy? No. So actually that's something that we talk about because, you know, they do perform a lot in big crowds. So that does help us. LSU is very large. When we did our showcase, I love the showcase because you can kind of find like where the cool moments are going to be in the dance that people are going to like. And it's, it's moments that sometimes you never thought would be cool if that makes not that they're not cool but it was right. just like oh wait you like that like okay like you know um that's the moment so I think at the showcase we kind of picked out places where the crowd went crazy and mm-hmm. we really broke those that down and as a coach I really talked to them about like okay so prepare yourself when you get to the heartbeat people like it so the crowd's gonna go nuts you have to really pay attention and prepare yourself that the crowd's gonna go crazy so you sit still sit in the pocket and still perform stay cool calm and collected because now you've prepared yourself and you know that they're going to go crazy. So we try to prepare for like a lot of moments like that. Sometimes you can't, you know, sometimes like they didn't know when they walked out that people were going to be chanting LSU. But I think that they were so like ready and so focused and so confident that I don't think any of that, nobody even said anything. I don't even think they like realized. Well, it does. It says a lot about your coaching because you're right. That heartbeat moment, like the music is quieter and their movement is more subtle it would be easy to be thrown by that. But like nobody broke character. Nobody broke the style or the vibe or cracked us. Like it was perfectly executed so that they were, it was clear that they were like mentally ready for what that was going to feel like. And obviously it was like amplified by a million, but they knew that was coming. So that's great that you had a chance to talk through that and have them have a sense of those moments that might get a little loud and crazy. (laughs) For sure. For sure. And yeah, definitely like the the TikTok famous, the boohoo part when they, you know, crank their arms. That was kind of a moment at showcase that we were like, oh, people like this part, you know, and it's really fun for sure. But like, that wasn't something that we knew that was going to like explode until we performed it. And we realized, oh, people like that, you know? Um, So in the hats, same thing. It's like, we had to really figure out and that told them like, you have to continue to count the music and make sure that, you know, you're staying cool, calm and collected and not getting too exciting when you hear people scream. Definitely cool moments for sure. Very cool moments. So then there's the aftermath piece of it. Will you share the the after, the coming off the floor and the awards? Because I think those are two different celebration moments too. Absolutely. Both as equally as exciting. So as soon as they finish, I, all I remember is running, you know, toward backstage and grabbing my assistant coach and we were hugging. And when they ran off the stage, every single person was in tears, happy tears mm-hmm. for sure. And they were all, it was the first time I've ever had a, t- a whole entire team feel the exact same way. So, you know, you normally, as a coach, they come off the stage and you have a lot of different emotions. You have a lot of different personalities. So you have people that are in shock because they're like, wait, what just happened? You know, you have people that are upset because they're perfectionists and they might've thought like a head was late or whatever, you know, you have those kids and then you have the kids that are just happy to be there. You have the people that are screamers, you know, you just have all those types of personalities. And so coming off the floor always is like such a surreal moment, but this is my very first time with coaching Tiger Girls in seven years that I felt like every single person had the exact same almost emotion, if that makes sense. It was, they wanted to do it again. 
they felt so blessed. They felt so honored. They felt so grateful. And they had so much fun. It was like all of the best emotions ever. And then they got to watch it and just to see like, they were like, wait, that's us. Like they were like, you know, just like in that aha moment of, um, so that was really, really cool. And then the, and then we left, we walked down the hallway and it was like, people were going crazy, you know, when they saw the white pants and the black hats and the, you know, like when they saw them, Mm -hmm. I think that they, that was when they started to realize like it was just bigger than the dance, if that makes sense. Yes. And then finals came and I think, you know, we were all extra, extra nervous. Um, everyone always asked me, do you know that you won? Did you know? I'm like, absolutely not. The The talent at this competition is insane. Like it really is. And like, I'll give like huge shout outs to like all the big teams that we go against because the amount of energy and, you know, work ethic and choreography that goes into their routines is just as great as ours, you know? And so you never know you won, you know, and there's just so much talent and, and hard work that goes into it. So we were waiting and the girls were all on stage and actually this is a fun fact. I didn't even see their reaction until like last week when they and when I saw a video of them replaying it because we were having our own coaching staff like huddle away from the stage. Like we were like, okay, if we look over there, it's like that. Like we like didn't want to look. It was like one of the like you wanted to be in the room, but like you didn't want to be in the room, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So um and just to like <laughs> hear, you know, they get to the top two and we since I've had the team, haven't even been in second place. We've always hit third. So it was just mm. really, as soon as they, we weren't third in my head, I was like, okay, well, we've already accomplished so much, you know, like we've, we've kind of beat the, you know, the odds of being third or, um, so, and then, yeah, just to hear like our name, you know, be called as first was surreal, unbelievable. Like I can't even, I, I was, I think we were in shock. Um, everybody froze, you know, everybody was crying, happy tears, of course. And, uh, it was just really cool. And then a really cool thing happened as well. I don't know if you were there for awards, but all yeah. the our competitors on stage started chanting our name. It was an amazing moment that same, like I've been at these nationals for decades now, and I don't think I've ever seen that. It was such a collective celebration. That was incredible. Absolutely. And I think, you know, it, it's because as a, as a coach, you, you're kind of, you take on the role as like a mom, you know, to, mm-hmm. to these kids. And so I have two kids of my own, but I think like that sense of pride and I just couldn't stop smiling just to see them so happy, you know, and, and to know that like they did it, um, was, it's just unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yes. Of such a happy moment. I love hearing that. And so let's take that to what's happened since. Cause I think you're right. It is clearly bigger than the dance. Like it has become not just like the viral TikTok stuff is super fun and the recognition, but it's also starting a deeper conversation about being female athletes and about being dancers as athletes. Did you know that that was coming or wanted it to be the conversation? Did that just kind of, did that surprise you how much the attention has happened, has come from it? Oh yeah. Like we had no idea that it was going to be this big and had no idea that the topic of conversation of even just us not being able to compete and that, you know, that dancer athletes was even going to, be around still, you know, we had a lot of conversation lot, you know, during COVID and although, you know, the video came out with Sammy and, you know, we had a lot of interviews and things and we kind of put that behind us as we started a new year. And, um, and that was like bad times, if that makes sense. So when I started getting, you know, questions and people wanted to, you know, wanted to recap that, you know, initially I was like, I I don't know if I want to talk about it again, just because it was, we've kind of gotten past that. And it was, it was, we've been good since, but then I, you know, in thinking it's like, it's such a huge part of our story. And I think that like, it's important to talk about it because without that, we would have not been where we were this year at all. So, um, 
really cool moments for sure. And I think that just shining light on the fact that we went through a rough time and now like people are starting to see, especially at universities and things like that, that dancers are athletes and especially collegiate dancers and to appreciate just what we do in general. So yeah, for sure. What do you hope to see moving forward with treating dancers as athletes or how dancers in the collegiate world are seen within the college? Cause as you said, like Ellis, like the tiger girls are popular in the dance world, but the university is just starting to understand. So what do you hope for the future for that shift? I would just say like something is easy. It's just like recognition for, you know, what they do and just to be treated equally, you know, mm-hmm. and, and not that meaning financially or anything like that. I think that like, you know, we're not, you know, we understand that, you know, there are other sports that bring in money and we get that. But I think just like equally as far as like opportunity and being recognized and supported from our school means everything. We recently had um, for the first time ever at a basketball game, we had the marketing department have the girls come out on court and recognize that they won and the crowd went crazy. And it was just like such a cool moment. The girls have never felt that before from our school. They felt it at nationals for sure, but they were so happy and like the joy in their faces and some of them cried. Like it was just such a really, really cool moment. So I think just like, if anything, like continuing that vibe and just recognizing these kids that, and that they are athletes and that they do need to be shown with respect, just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. And I think piece of a piece of this is fighting the gender stereotype too, which again, like you said, is part of the story. And, mm-hmm. you know, like a boy took off partially because of that, the stereotype issue and being able to say like, you know, we're not treated the same because we're female athletes. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's a big piece to this that made the story, but I'm sure helped them. I guess, I don't know what I want to ask about this, about if like, if the dancers latched on to that piece of it of like, let's, would this be different if we were male athletes? For sure. And I think it like, it has so many meetings and so many like in different scenarios, but I think that one of the reasons why the performance was so raw and organic is because they were related to it so much in different aspects of their lives. Some of it might've been because of a relationship. Some of it might've been because of of an opportunity, you know, in school, some of it might've been because of an opportunity in a sport. Like, so I think that like, it was just such a cool and perfect theme to go into this year. And I think that one of the reasons why people relate to it so much and relate to the dance is because the dancers actually related to the song as well. So they showcased that in their performance. They absolutely did. And I think you're right. That's kind of the, the goal is you hope your dancers emotionally attached to whatever it is, but this one felt different in that way. Like, no, we have been treated differently as female athletes and just kind of known that that's what it is and it is what it is, but I get to dance for a big university. So I'll just go with it. And it's like, no, can we move past this yet? Like, can we be just athletes and not have that gendered piece to it anymore? I think one of the hardest things for them was that they obviously are so grateful for getting the opportunity to dance for LSU and like being at games. And we do get a lot of cool opportunities in that. And it was like finding that fine line, but, but in saying like, we're so grateful and we love our university and like, thank you so much for giving us this opportunity. However, the other opportunity was taken away. And so mm-hmm. just because you get this one doesn't mean that the other one isn't important as well. So I think that they were trying to find that respectful way of, I guess, like vocalizing that with not, you know, being rude, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And I think that's a huge fine line. And I will say I respected a lot of you as the coach and being the voice and everything, whether throughout the 
all the media stuff in the last two years, it hasn't been about like bashing LSU. It's like, no, you still have a lot of pride as a part of this program, but yet like I can love you and have pride for what we do and still say stuff needs to change. We're not, it's yeah. not there yet. Yeah, exactly. I love that. Well, that's my questions. What an incredible story. Do you have any piece of this that we missed or anything you want to make sure you got to share? I think that just like everyone keeps asking me, like, you know, what is something that you take away from this? And I've just been saying that just something like in times of adversity or time, you know, there's going to be times in everyone's life where things don't go, you know, as planned. And so Mm -hmm. I think one thing that we, excluding as a coach that I've learned is that just hang on, you know, eventually things will turn around for sure. So we're at a very different place right now in our lives, which is really exciting to say. Yes. That's, it's great advice. And you're right. And I think this whole story is a lesson in resilience in the long term. Like you didn't get the reward for these hard times for two years. Like it was a long time coming, which can be really hard. And I think it's hard to coach our younger athletes through that who are a little bit more used to like, yeah, I'll fight for it, but do I get the thing in a month or do I get it in two months? And to hold out that long is a hard lesson, but really powerful. I know it's going to shape your young woman who went through this for sure. Especially, I think too, in a time of instant gratification, you know, it's hard to wait and be patient for things. So I definitely think that they're going to be so successful in life. They've learned so much and and been so blessed just to kind of like go through this together. So absolutely. Dance team teaches us life skills like nothing else. I've always felt that. And I think this is one big one. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story, Candice. I love hearing the coach's side to this whole piece. I really appreciate you and your time. Thank you so much for having me.